Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today we bring you the story of Red Holzman. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame as a coach in 1986, and for good reason. He was the coach that led the New York Knicks to their only two championships in 1970 and 1973. I mean, think about that for a moment. The Knicks are one of the three original NBA teams still playing today, along with the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. The Knicks have been a part of every NBA season since the very beginning in 1946, and they only have two championships. Red Holdsman coached both of them. But he was not just a coach, he was also a player back in the day. He was born on August 10th, 1920 in New York City and he grew up as a city kid. He took up basketball because it was one of the most popular sports in the city, but he was never very tall by basketball standards at only 5 foot 10 or 178 centimeters. Even by basketball standards in the 1940s, he was still considered short, I mean, he was a tiny dude. He played well enough that a year after he graduated high school, he was given a scholarship to the University of Maryland. But after just two years, he transferred back to the City College of New York, or CCNY. He graduated from CCNY in 1942. Now, most players that have enough talent and skill to play professional basketball usually do. But in 1942, the NBA did not exist yet. There were professional leagues here and there, but they were mostly local leagues, and all of those players had to have day jobs. Professional basketball did not pay enough for that to be a player's only job. Players back in the early 1940s would work some day job and then play games in the evenings and weekends for $25 to $50 per game, depending on how good they were. Now, considering that the United States was still in the middle of World War II, Red Holdsman decided to enlist and join the United States Navy for three years. For Holdsman and many others, serving in the military, it did not mean that they had to stop playing basketball. With so many great athletes joining the war effort, the military began to organize their own internal leagues to give the soldiers and sailors a place to play and continue to hone their skills. Now there was a naval base in Norfolk, Virginia that had probably the strongest basketball league anywhere in the Navy, and that is where Holzman played. Again, after his three years in the Navy, he needed to find a job in the real world. The most financially stable basketball league in 1945 was called the National Basketball League, or NBL, and they had a team called the Rochester Royals, and he went and he played with them. He ended up winning the NBL Rookie of the Year Award in 1946, and he was a great player. He was called a flawless defender and a deadly passer. Now, while he was not the biggest player around, he was definitely one of the fiercest. After three seasons with the Rochester Royals, the entire team switched leagues and joined the NBA. Holzman stayed with the team since he was still under contract with the Royals. One of the other NBL teams that also made the switch to the NBA 
was the Minneapolis Lakers, and the two teams became rivals in the late 1940s and early 1950s. It seems that the two teams kept running into each other in the playoffs, and then the Lakers always got the better of the Royals. Except in 1951, when George Mikan was dealing with an ankle injury. Mikan gave a great effort, but the injury was just too much and the Royals knocked out the Lakers in the Western Finals. They then defeated the New York Knicks in the Finals four games to three. Now, here is the funny thing about those NBA Finals. The Knicks normally played their home games in Madison Square Garden since the owner of the team, Ned Irish, was also the owner of the arena. But playoff games are more unpredictable in the way they are scheduled, since no one knows when a team might get knocked out of the playoffs or move on to the next round. With that uncertainty, the Garden had already booked an event for the entire week. Madison Square Garden was not available to the Knicks for the NBA Finals. The Knicks had to play their three home games at the 69th Regiment Armory. Basically, it was a military gym, about one-fourth the size of the Garden. But that is the way that the NBA was back then. It was still near the bottom of sports popularity. Professional boxing, American football, baseball, golf, and horse racing were still far more popular than the NBA. But in any case, the Rochester Royals won their only championship in their 74 years in the NBA. Holdsman got himself a ring. However, his numbers did not really reflect his impact on the team. He played with the Royals for three seasons in the NBL and then six more seasons in the NBA. But for his three seasons on the Royals when they were still back in the NBL, he averaged 12 points per game as the starting point guard. Assists were not kept back then, so there is no way to tell how effective he was as a passer. But he was the starting point guard for the Royals and that was probably for good reason. During his six seasons in the NBA, he averaged six points, two rebounds, and two assists per game. But the thing that everyone could tell from the very beginning of Holzman's playing career was that he would one day be a coach. When he was not in the game, he was sitting right next to head coach Les Harrison. Holzman would suggest substitutions and defensive assignments. He would even suggest certain plays to be run. Of course, he did this all in the appropriate way, and the coach also welcomed the input. For him, it was like having an assistant coach, which nobody had back then. Holdsman loved the idea of running the team. For his final season in the NBA, he was traded to the Milwaukee Hawks. At that point in his playing career, he was 33 years old, which is absolutely ancient by NBA standards back then. Most players retired at age 30 or 31 because that is when a player's legs wore out. As I mentioned before, training methods and sports medicine were nowhere near what we have today. A player considered himself lucky if he could make it beyond age 30 and still collect a paycheck for playing basketball. Well, Holdsman's reputation as a smart leader was known across the league. The Hawks were really struggling that season, and after 46 games, the Hawks had a record of 11 and 35. The ownership called for a change. They fired the coach, Andrew Levain, and made Holdsman the player coach. And that is how he got started in his coaching career. He coached the final 26 games of the season, and the team improved under his leadership. He had found his calling. Well, this is a good place to take a break, and I'll be right back with Holdsman's coaching career. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. 
At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique Unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hi, everybody. Dan and Andrew from Hello Old Sports here. We wanted to drop in and let you know about our latest episode. That's right. We interviewed the co-authors of Phyllis George, Shattering the Ceiling, a biography of groundbreaking broadcaster Phyllis George. And her life is really sort of a journey through 20th century America, from Miss America pageants to the Kentucky State House to the groundbreaking NFL Today show on CBS, even the Kentucky Colonels, the old ABA. We got into all sorts of stories about the Celtics under Red Auerbach, about the interview with Roger Staubach, about really all sorts of things, a fight between Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. We really enjoyed talking with Lenny Shulman and Paul Volponi, who teamed up to write this book. The book is on sale right now wherever books are sold, you know, within reason, garage sales, probably not. So go (laughs) ahead and pick up a copy today. And if you want a chance to win the book, you can go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways and register for a chance to win. Goodbye, old sports. Welcome back to the show, and let us continue with Red Holdsman's coaching career. As I mentioned before the break, Red Holdsman was a player coach for the final 26 games of the season for the Milwaukee Hawks in 1953-1954 season. The team was very impressed with him as the coach, but not so much with his playing as he was definitely past his prime. The following season, he stayed on as only the coach. The team was still not great, but they were improving. The team then relocated to St. Louis and became the St. Louis Hawks. Holzman relocated with the team. Unfortunately, the team continued to have more losing seasons and Holzman was then relieved of his duties. At this point in his career, he does not appear to be a Hall of Fame coach that he would become later. He started his coaching career with four losing seasons. And I do not think that anyone would blame the Hawks for letting him go. I mean, I really don't blame them either. However, he was immediately hired by the New York Knicks as a scout. And that is how he spent the next 10 seasons in the NBA. His job was to travel ahead of the Knicks and scout their next opponent and provide a report back to the head coach on how their next opponent had been playing and what their tendencies were. In those years, Holzman sent regular reports to six different Knicks head coaches. The Knicks were going through coaches as quickly as a sick child goes through tissues. But he was great at his job. He could break down an opposing team and provide a suggested game plan on how best to defeat that team like very few other scouts could. For most of those 10 years, the Knicks struggled to find victories, but the team ownership was very impressed with Holzman himself and his understanding of the game and team personnel. 
During the middle of the 1967-68 season, Knicks head coach Dick McGuire was relieved of his duties and Red Holtzman was promoted from scout to head coach. In all honesty, he was not sure he wanted the job. He was pretty happy being a scout. The pressure of being a head coach is enormous and he knew it. He also worried that he would have losing seasons just like he did with the Hawks and would be fired just like so many other Knicks coaches. At least as a scout, he had more job security because he knew he was good at it and he had already survived the previous six head coaches as the main scout for the team but he took a deep breath and accepted the position. He also knew that this was not the same situation as what he had with the Hawks. The New York Knicks already had Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Bill Bradley, Dick Barnett, and Walt Bellamy. That is four future Hall of Famers, and all five of them had been to at least one All-Star game. The Knicks started winning immediately with Holzman in charge. It was like night and day. The team was eight games below 500 when Holtzman took over, and they finished the season four games above 500 and made the playoffs. Of course, with a few more trades and acquisitions, the Knicks were able to bring in Dave DeBusher, and later they brought in Earl Monroe, and Holtzman led those teams to the 1970 and 1973 NBA championships. Those Knicks teams were so well balanced. Nobody averaged even 20 points per game, but five of them averaged in the high teens. This is exactly what Holzman wanted. He wanted the defense to have to play honestly and not be able to concentrate on any one player. In other words, he wanted four or five players who could hurt the defense on any given possession. And that is exactly what he had. After winning the second championship in 1973, the Knicks began a slow decline, but Holzman stayed on until the end of the 1977 season when he took a step back to allow Willis Reed to become the new head coach of the Knicks. Now that only lasted a year and a half, and Holzman was again the Knicks head coach, and he led the team until the end of the 1982 season before he retired for good, and he deserves his spot in the Hall of Fame. There are not that many coaches who have won two or more NBA championships. In the 77 years of the NBA, there have been nearly 400 people who have head coached at least one NBA game, and only 14 of them have two or more championships, and Red Holzman is one of those few coaches. In case you are wondering, here are the other 13 head coaches who have two or more championships. With two championships exactly, we have Eric Spolstra, Rudy Tomjanovich, Bill Russell, Casey Jones, Tom Heinsohn, Alex Hannum, and Chuck Daly. With four championships, we have Steve Kerr. With five championships, we have Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, and John Kunla. With nine championships, we have Red Auerbach. And with 11, we have Phil Jackson. That is not a very long list. Every single one of those coaches is already in the Hall of Fame with the exception of Eric Spolstra and Steve Kerr since they are both still active coaches and have not been coaching long enough to become eligible yet. But I have no doubt that they will see their day. Now, any way you slice it, Red Holdsman is one of the great coaches in the NBA and not a bad player either. Sadly, he passed away in 1998, but his impact on the game of basketball is still felt. There is one final way to look at it. In their entire 77-year history, the New York Knicks have had 31 different head coaches. Only one has brought a championship to New York, and that's Red Holdsman, and he brought two of them. Well, that is it for today. Join us next week when we share the story of when Tom Heinsohn won the 1957 NBA Rookie of the Year Award over his own teammate, 
Bill Russell. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. <laughs>